Everybody, welcome to another episode of Throwing Wrenches Podcast. This is Eric Stahl. And I'm Daryl Scott. And this is the auto podcast that never disappoints. Really? Or we're also tossing around this idea. It's the auto podcast, Eric, for people who get it. Get it. I get it, Daryl. Look, man, I know. I get it. <laughs> I get it. This this is a podcast. <laughs> I get it. That really sticks in your craw, doesn't I, it? I hate that. And I, I was... I think every writer on every show right now is using that phrase. I was watching some shows on Netflix. I watched shows on Amazon Prime. I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, every cop says, I get it. Look, I get it. Yeah, I can understand. You're mad. You need, I get it. You need some money. That's why you robbed the liquor yeah, store. Yeah. Yeah, you want to kill this guy. I get it. <laughs> I get it. You want a real podcast. I get it, people. You want a real podcast. Well, you got a real podcast here. We're still working on the catchphrase, but we are sponsored tonight by Casey Law Office, CLOPeoria.com. That's Gabe Casey. He's a super professional, super cool, and super car guy lawyer who uh, is at CLO Peoria. And maybe you'll see him with his super cool Supra down Ooh. at Cars and Coffee. Ooh. We're trying to figure out a way to get Gabe to come down and have his Mark V next to our Mark IV from the dealership for the next Cars and Coffee. And I think heads might explode when that happens. That might be amazing. Yeah. But if you go to CLO Peoria or you see a red super driver with CLOPeoria.com, you'll know that's Gabe Casey's law office. Gabe is good at everything as far as law goes. He's a contract law guy, family law guy. Uh, if you got a contract and you're wondering what's going on, talk to Gabe. He is your man. So thanks for your support, Gabe. Always appreciate that. And you can, again, visit him at CLOPeoria.com, learn a lot more. We'd also like to say a thank you to a familiar place, Fort's Toyota of Pekin, available on the web at Toyota-Pekin.com. They're in uh, beautiful North Pekin there, right along Auto Row. Auto Row. And uh, they're very, very close. No matter where you're at, what kind of car you have, uh, Eric... You happen to know a little bit about yeah, Forts, yeah. don't you? As we've said before, I am the service manager at Forts Toyota Pekin, so I am here to help. But uh, I, I do the podcast. We were very fortunate to have the Forts jump on and be a sponsor of the show. The Fort family is synonymous with automotive dealing in Pekin and Tazewell County. We like to say we're 15 minutes from anywhere. We service new cars, used cars. Uh, we do it all, and it's Toyota, and uh, I love it. It's a great place to work, so... Visit them on the web, toyota-pekin.com, or check them out there on Route 29. Is it Route or Route? How do we say this here in no, Central no. Illinois? I think I get your kicks on Route 66. I say Route. Uh, yes, yeah, so I'll go with Route right. 29. Route 29, North Pekin. Yeah. Check them out. And uh, we'd also like to say uh, just a quick shout-out to the Peoria Podcast <laughs> Quickly, Alliance. Yes. We'd also like to say uh, we're sorry we, we don't go to the meetings, and we're terrible. Yeah, Anyways. we are. Anyway, hey, if you don't know my uh, co-host here, Daryl Scott, we like, I just like to tell you a little bit about him. Mm. Uh, I believe very few of you know him the way I know him, because if you knew him the way I know him, you'd be getting texts in the middle of the night about old Bentleys 
or maybe even a Valari at all hours of night. True story. Yeah. He knows a thing or two about being a DJ. He knows corporate media. He also knows SEO. Does Bo know SEO? <laughs> now he does. Probably. <laughs> he's the king of all media, but he's no shock jock. He's Daryl Scott. Ah, well, thank you. Thank you very much. And let me tell you a little story about Eric Stahl, Renaissance man. He's an outdoorsman. He's a craftsman. He's a chef. He's an adventurer. He's probably the most interesting man in the world next to the other most interesting man in the world. Daryl Scott. And if he was a cologne, <laughs> he'd be a blend of Stetson, Parsley, and... Probably power steering fluid. As Lisa Loeb once sang, probably about him, Eric Stahl is someone you should know. Man, I like the Lisa Loeb reference there. Yeah, I threw that in for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I think we're going to... Uh, we'll have to put that one in the uh, maybe the, the show ending or something. Maybe our show credits will use Lisa Loeb. <laughs> is she working now? Does she still have a, a career in music? Isn't she the one who fought with Sony and decided never to record again? Or, or, yeah, she took some stance about that. I think she, Was she married to a, a Zappa? Oh, Dweezil? I think she was married or dated Dweezil or it wasn't Moon or, Unit. Or Moon Unit. <laughs> Could have been. Not sure. Anyway. Thanks uh, for listening, folks. Yeah, yes. Uh, that's that's Daryl Scott and that's myself. Uh, thanks for listening. Hey, please share this on Facebook or social media sites. Uh, I put it on Instagram. I put it on LinkedIn. I put it everywhere because I will make sure everybody knows about it. I don't think I shared the last episode before I record this, so I need to make sure I share that. I want everybody to hear about the show. It's like Frank's Red Hot Hot Sauce. You put it on everything. Just put it on every <laughs> platform you have. Exactly. We're working on stickers, so maybe... Uh, Maybe by the next Cars and Coffee, we'll have some stickers in hand. Nice. All right. You can also send us any thoughtful questions, comments, feedback, uh, you know, recipes for something that, you know, Eric might want to whip up for dinner sometime. Yeah, in my Dutch oven somewhere on the trail. That's right. You can hit us up at info at throwingwrenches.com. We also uh, would appreciate any feedback or reviews you have for us on uh, Apple. You can check us out there. Uh, I think we put a link uh, a couple episodes ago. Yeah, we definitely need the Apple reviews, so we'll take anything you put out there. Uh, they help us get exposure, so please help us out with that. Also, getting back to the gearheads and all that stuff, we might have a really cool interview lined up with uh, some historical people in Pekin. I am really excited about that, and we'll know more about that in the next couple of weeks. So yeah, stay tuned. Keep, yeah, please stay tuned. If you're a, a car guy, German car guy in the Peoria area, I think you're really going to be interested in this next guest. Awesome. Can't wait to do it. So um, is it time to talk about what we've been working on? Yeah, man. It's project time. This is the uh, – we're past the commercials. We're, we're past uh, telling everybody what we're all about here. We're all about now talking about how we stink <laughs> the Things we try to do in the garage <laughs> yeah. epically fail. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to go first, Daryl? Yeah, yeah, roll it out. What all are you right. working on, buddy? Well – uh, my son actually did chastise me today. Go, Dad, when we plastic dip in this this forerunner, and I uh, think he's done it. He's got his Eagle Scout project going. He's got some homecoming stuff going. He's ha- the vice president of his class, so I think at this point uh, it's time to start rolling out plastic. I haven't done it yet, but anyway, so okay. we're getting to that point. Um, I did buy an antenna kit for my wife Celica. I got to tell you something. I've never seen such disdain from my wife as when the package showed up from Amazon. And I I did buy an aftermarket antenna rebuild kit for my my 97 Celica because it's hanging out. The the little plastic cord's hanging out because she broke the antenna when she tried to put a cover on it one day. Is it a power antenna? Yeah, it's a power antenna. And it just, just, as you start the car, shut the car off. Just burned it out? Yeah. Well, no, I think the ribbon got eaten up inside there. Uh So this antenna kit's the metal antenna mast with the ribbon. Actually, you can see the ribbon marks on my fingers right now. Yeah, and, and I'll note this for the audience at home. You look like you have burn marks or skid marks on your hand. What did you, 
What happened? I pulled out the ribbon part anyway. But when she saw, when I pulled it back, I said, look, I can fix the antenna on the car, which she broke, by the way. Yeah. Oh, that's not important. I can't believe you're doing that. And why are you trying to do that yourself? I'm like, I can take this antenna out of the fender panel of my car. Yeah. I've seen my technicians do this, I think, and clean it out and put new... So... Talk to me the next episode. We'll see how that turned out. Okay. okay. All, all, right. Right. all right. Just for for the record, what is a uh, what's a replacement antenna go for for a '96 Celica? Well, I think you, see normally in that situation you'd have to gut the whole thing. You just replace the part. We don't we don't rebuild them anymore. Yeah. So I think the mast by itself would probably be a hundred bucks. The but, rear fender mount is it in the trunk or is yeah? It's it? in it's in the rear fender, and uh, the motor part's probably two hundred bucks by itself. So I'm going to try – if I need to, I'm going to take this motor apart and I'm going to take all the plastic bits out of it and clean it uh-huh. like we used to do back in the old days and yeah. uh, rebuild this thing. So we'll see what happens. You know, uh, I just want to throw this out there. It might help <laughs> It might help the home life situation. Uh, you could just unplug it. Well – And then stick like one of those – But she listens to radio. She actually listens to radio. And I <sighs> see and the problem is okay. the antenna was stuck up in the air. Well, then she puts a car cover on it, and she ripped off the the antenna when the car cover snapped on it. So I just want the stupid thing to go down. When you shut the car off, have the antenna go down. That's all I want. That's one of those features that doesn't exist anymore. We don't have power antennas. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of one of those Thank God for that. Well, but it was kind of a neat little feature, right? It was like, oh, they have have the nice stereo, as opposed to the one that says uh, electronic tuning stamped on it with, (laughs) with no cassette, no... FM, nothing. It was crap. Anyways, good uh, luck. Good luck. Yeah, don't, thank, don't lose a finger over that. Thank, it's not worth it. Yeah, don't worry. Uh, I got signed up for SEMA for 2019. Oh, uh, the, sweet. Yeah, the dealership, uh, myself and a couple of employees are heading out to SEMA in, in November. Oh, that's so, coming up. Okay. So uh, I'll For ta- some reason, I thought it was auto shows are like January, February, like first of the year, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, SEMA's kind of at yeah, the end. Yeah, the big auto shows. Okay. And actually, didn't didn't Detroit move theirs back to June or something? Or, the, uh, one of them or was did. that New York? One, one of them went. What's the big North American? Detroit, right? I think so. I think Detroit did. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I'll be in SEMA in Las Vegas in November, so I'll be doing all kinds of cool stuff. Hopefully, we'll talk about that before then. Awesome, yeah. And, uh, I mean, that, I, dude, the last two weeks, I've done more cool lifts and rooftop tents and neat stuff. I, I just, we've had a really good run at the dealership, and I've had a ton of fun. I like I, I'm doing the videos and the pictures and all that stuff. I'm not yeah. getting, I'm not uh, doing the hard stuff, but man, planning the the lift I did on the hundred series for the gentleman that we know over at uh, just across the road from you here. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. His lift was so much fun. His hundred series Land Cruiser that nice looking rig, by the way. Yeah, those are we've talked before. Those you just don't see around these parts. Yeah, we did an old man emu lift on a hundred series. It was like a mid two thousands Land Cruiser, pretty clean truck. Uh, put some new BF Good Riches on it, and uh, did a roof rack and a front bumper. And are those still the six, or is it an eight? And that? that one was a V eight. Okay, sweet. Yeah, and uh, I think he got that truck from like a dentist. You know, it's super clean. Everything, all the maintenance had been done. The maintenance was ridiculous on the thing. You know, I'm like, yeah. oh, let me look see if you need the time belt. Done twenty thousand miles ago. You know, the, the truck was nice. Nice. It rode like a dream. And I tell you, what, I got done with that project, and the following week, I'm like, what am I going to do now? You know, seriously, <laughs> I went a whole week without a lift, so. We're back at it though. So anyway, that's that's everything in my world, Daryl. What's going on over here at the uh, the old school garage? Not too much, actually. Um, I'm gonna eventually have to do some some brake work on actually the two old ones, 47 Chevy Fleetline that's uh, got a, a broke a return spring in the one of the back brakes. 
So it was. Is this like a drum style? Yeah. Okay. Huck style drums on all four, and uh, it, it kind of drags a little bit. So I, I went to the hardware store and I got something close just so I could drive it in like the Fourth of July parade. And I'm like, nah, I, I can't. West Peoria. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, I can't deal with this. Like, this isn't safe. <laughs> so I'm gonna source that, fix that. 55 Plymouth needs some brake work. I, I'm hoping it's just an adjustment. Um, the fluid level went down a little bit, but I don't have any leaks. So how are your fingers so clean? You should have like grease under your fingernails at all times messing um, with just messing with brakes on, on an old yeah. car like that you should have like the grungiest oiliest goo around you all the time <laughs> brake cleaner is wonderful yeah yeah uh, but even then you should be like peeling and the flesh should be like rotting off you from oh, the brake it burns cleaner. i cry in my sleep um <laughs> but no i used i started buying those uh, nitro gloves at harbor freight okay and i i used to be one of those dudes like yeah i was so manly right it's yeah like, man, anybody's working on cars with gloves is not a manly man you know what they're also smart because all the stuff, all the things, look at all the transdermal patches and medications we use now. Yeah. All that stuff's getting transferred just through your skin. So if you're out there with like perchlorate brake cleaner and you're out there with like dot four, <laughs> probably not a good thing to be swimming around in that stuff all. A lot know. of my guys wear gloves in the shop nowadays. It's a good thing. And, and the guys who don't, I mean, their hands are gross. They so. go home, Yeah, they go home and it looks like a... Yeah, just nasty. There was one guy I used to imagine that when he laid down in bed at night, his pillow had to be black and his and, and where his hands <laughs> laid on his. Let's just pretend his hands like laid on his chest every night. Right. Just imagine his sheets were black right there where his two hands were at. This years ago, not to get too off on a tangent, um, but years ago when I was, I think it was in high school or college, and I, I was doing some transmission work on one of my cars and changing the fluid filter, all that stuff, U joints, you name it. And uh, I'm like, oh, I'm not that dirty. I'm good. And I went to bed. <laughs> I was still living at home, so it was, I was young. Yeah. And woke up in the morning, and my pillow was like, like bright red, uh. and it smelled like mer- you know Dex Merc. And I had like <laughs> kitty litter in my hair because I had a spill, and I put that in the garage. I was somehow I rolled around in it, and I got it all over my sheets and everything. And and uh, I think that was a discussion at one point, like, what uh, what's going on? I'm like, I didn't shower before I went to bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. yeah. So this is why, as a young man, just shower. Just, just do it. Yeah, hopefully, gloves. my son's listening. Yeah, hygiene's important, as my dad said. <laughs> anyway, sorry to tangent. What else you got going? All on? right. So, I also uh, found on a Facebook group. There's a guy in Minnesota that I have a, a vacuum brake booster in the '69 Volvo that leaks. Hmm. So I got all the brakes done. Everything is perfect, and then I hooked everything up, and uh, I got a vacuum leak every time I hit the brakes. I'm like, talk on it. Probably should have checked that before, yeah. but I just assumed it was fine. So I found a, a guy who was parting one out. He's actually putting in a uh, newer 850R motor in a 70-142 coupe like I have. Uh, I've got a sedan. He's got a coupe, which is cooler. And he's putting in a Toyota 6-speed behind it. There's some adapter. Some <laughs> There's always an adapter. Oh, yeah. There's more adapters out there than I ever gave credit to. It's insane. So he's like, I don't need any of the stock stuff. I'm going to put all this racing stuff in it. So I, I set up a deal. I haven't gotten it yet. I haven't gotten tracking numbers yet, so I'm kind of leery to see how that plays out. But um, this is the first transaction I've done where I don't use PayPal. I actually use Square for business because he has a fab shop. Oh, okay. He's like, oh, I'll just send you an invoice. I'm like, okay, cool. And then, of course, me being the creep that I am, I'm like Googling, you know, like this company in Aiken, <laughs> Minnesota, see if he exists, what legal entity, what LLC. Yeah. So if I don't get it, um, um, I might be I might be in trouble. But now, now there's like a an affinity for Minnesotans 
to be like more of the Swedish and Norwegian. Sure. So, I mean, you think those people are more fond of the Volvos up there in the uh, the Northern Territories? I think so. I think yeah. so. And there's actually there's a lot of good scrapyards for old iron up there. Yeah. So I don't know if they're, they're just not as harsh as far as like environmental regulations. There's a place called French Lake Auto Parts. Like, if you need a window regulator for a 41 Hudson, they'll have three of them. Really? Because they've got them in the yard. It's one of those weird places. If you look on eBay, any kind of old car parts from a boneyard, it's it's either that place or Desert Valley in Arizona. But for some reason, the one in Minnesota is like, I want to say it's like 100 acres. It's crazy. It's the permafrost. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> Keeps them in cryogenic suspension for years. Yeah. Now, I will say this, Daryl. Maybe I should get a little buzzer or a dinger, but you hit one of the uh, the strikes that we got in the conversation last time because there wasn't any Volvo talk in our recent shows, and somebody <laughs> called us out on that. So, That's right. Hey, that one's for you, fella. I don't know who you were. Uh, most likely my buddy Ben. <laughs> um, and speaking of feedback from last episode, I will say we touched a little bit about the recalls from the Fiat Chrysler, the Dodge trucks, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the GM stuff. Somebody said they had a great experience at Lighthouse. Yeah, they took their their truck in uh, i think it was a newer uh, suburban and uh, they said was it a half hour they were in and out yeah and all they did was reflash the computer that's generally what yeah. a lot of a lot of recalls anymore just software updates i saw some stuff the other day uh, a for sale listing and it's like this truck has numerous recalls i won't take care of them they're a responsibility of the next buyer i'm like dude unless you're like Super busy. Just take the stuff Okay, in. but there was like a, a Ford rear-end one on Windstars years ago where you went in for the recall, and they gave you a loaner car for like six months because well, they didn't have the parts. That's because they, well, they had a weld steel plates on that. Yeah. I got a story on that later. <laughs> okay. But yeah, that was a whole debacle because people were getting like killed and whatnot. Yeah. But no, it, this one, in that, if you have a newer, was it 2015 or 2014 to modern uh, Silverado Suburban Tahoe Escalade, da-da-da-da-da, Yukon. Uh, 15, 20 minutes, get it in the dealer, flash it, and get on with your life. And know you're driving a safe vehicle. You don't need to mess with that. We've talked numerous times, Eric, you've mentioned the people that don't get recalls done. Dude, it's free. Get it done. We had one the other day. A guy had seven recalls on his Yaris. Didn't know that was possible. Maybe it was six. I don't remember. But uh, he didn't have the car registered, so he demanded that we pick the car up on a tow truck. Oh, that was on you. And then deliver it back to him on a tow truck. Sure. We did. We did. Toyota said, yeah, we'll pay for that. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Dude, on airbags, I don't know how other manufacturers are, but Toyota's dead serious. And I think Honda is, too. I've seen some of the ads Honda's put out where they show, like, metal shrapnel hanging out somebody's face. Yeah. So I think if it, if the airbag recall is out there, they want to get it done. Well, kudos. That's That shows commitment, but I don't understand people. <laughs> but that's a whole other thing. Yeah. All right. Speaking of not understanding people. Are we ready for some headlines, Daryl? Let's talk about – we've got a new segment we're going to roll out here. Yeah, we're doing the uh, This Week in Social Media. Twism is what I'm calling it. Twism? <laughs> Twism. All right. And Facebook headlines. Daryl, do you like donuts? I love donuts, Eric. Do you like donuts at Cars and Coffee? I love donuts about, at Cars and Coffee. How about Friday Night Lights? I like donuts there, too, sometimes. How about a big Chevy truck launching donuts in the grass next to the police station or to City Hall? Mm, I do not like that yeah. type of donut. So apparently no. that was the big uh, doings this last week. I didn't go to Friday Night Lights. I don't think you were there either. No, I, I had some previous engagements. But, but, but I think within minutes of the activities of a few uh, Chevy truck owners, uh, they were posted all over social media, and people were putting their plates down. People were mm-hmm. saying, we need to hunt these people down and burn down their truck or key it. Or, I mean, they, dude, the stuff that was going on was ridiculous. Um, I, I don't know how much of it you saw. A, a fair amount. For those who aren't kind of following the, the whole Friday Night Lights thing, it's the same folks that put on uh, the Cars and Coffee here in Peoria. 
And the Levy District in East Peoria is the kind of the new town hall, city hall. It's a good spot. Nice little strip where you've got retail mixture uh, of retail. And then this nice little piece of green space, almost like a little quad area in front of the, the new city hall. And it's overflow parking, which means the event's so successful, they've got all that whole street, Washington, is it Washington Street, yeah. I think, blocked off. The city of East Peoria said, hey, you guys can use this little plot of green space nicely. You know. I still scratch my head that decision, though, because the first I, I pulled my yeah. foreigner up there two cars and coffees ago. Uh-huh. And I drove up through that little grass area, and I parked up there, and I'm like, yeah. I feel dirty even doing this. <laughs> because there's, there's plenty of parking over at the, at the shopping over at Target yeah. and everywhere else. So, yeah. I mean, technically, there's plenty of pavement. And for them to allow the grass area... To me, I think East Peoria is going above and beyond even allowing that to happen. Well, it is. I, I think it does. It shows their commitment to try to make that a nice, walkable, family-friendly place where you can go shop around, go to you know, go to dinner, go check out whatever you want to. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's I think it's great. But when people abuse that, I mean, you're always going to have somebody at a cruise night who does burnouts or who does the rev their engine. I've and, revved going out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that's kind of. That stuff happens, and and um, Chris Ruby and the, the the folks who put this event on, they do a great job. But they're always respectful and saying, "Hey, don't pick, no, don't leave your trash here, don't do burnouts, don't do any of this stuff." And they've done a really good job of kind of policing themselves. Yeah, and everybody in the groups do too. If everyone acts a fool, the next time they show up, someone's like. No, that guy's not coming. But here. the problem's not everyone. It just literally is out of two hundred trucks, it'd be one guy. Right. That's yeah. true. That's uh, true. Uh, well, so they did track down who the person was, and I'm going to get Her- Herbie. I, 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 it's like Brett Favre. I, I can't say the guy's name. <laughs> Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Say, say yeah. like Peter so, Griffin. So yeah, I always I, I always call him Chris Herbie. I think Herbie or whatever. Whatever. Anyway, you can let us know. I I, I yeah. believe it's Ruby. It'd be but... awesome if you'd send in a pronunciation. Yeah, <laughs> actually, anyway, I'll get into another. Story. That's an after show story. Anyway, um, it it was awesome because he basically said, "Hey, we've dealt with local law enforcement on this. We've contacted them. We've shared with them who we think it is, and they're dealing with it. So everybody, cool your jets." It's going to take care of itself. Yeah, because you go on Facebook and everybody's like, you know, oh, I know this guy, and here's a link to his profile. And oh, yeah, and that dude, I think uh, he deleted his profile there for a short time, didn't he? Yeah, it was within about four hours the guy was toast. Yeah. But everybody screenshotted it. That's the thing. You can't, in this day and age, dude, you can't get away with anything. No. Somebody's got you on video. Somebody's yeah. filmed. Somebody's taken a picture of your rig. And... Kind of like that Bush Light guy in Iowa. Do you hear about that story? No. Oh, well, that never mind. We'll it, talk about anybody that who knows what that is. It's the same thing. You got a tweet. You got a tweet from when you're 16 years old, where you had a, a thing about Harambe and black people. Oh, well, you're gonna live with that the rest of your life. Yeah, you can't get away with no. acting a fool. No. So, and that's what happened here. So, uh, they actually turned everything over. And by the way, East Peoria Police Station, Fire Department, all that stuff. Just down the street from City Hall. And they usually have East Peoria police directing traffic. I'm actually there. shocked the police weren't sitting there. Actually, I think the police might have been there. I think I heard that they pulled somebody over immediately. Maybe. Yeah. I, the times I've been there, at least in the, the peak beginning of it, I mean, I think after a while, after kind of the crowd breaks up towards, you know, 8, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, they kind of probably leave. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is a surefire way to, to make sure that the police will chase you down if you have a, yeah. a big diesel Duramax and you're acting an idiot. 
Now you did say that people were like going to reseed this thing, and t- I mean there were people like yeah. volunteering and ready to help out, right? Yeah, and I think uh, not to be like Fred Rogers and look for the helpers, but I think that's a good thing. What happens? The, the kind of the silver lining with this is not only does it say you know we're not tolerating this, Chris and all them are like, hey, this is unacceptable, but then the outpouring of people who are like the show regulars, yeah. like, hey, uh, this is a fun event. We don't want these idiots screwing it up. Uh, we're going to get a wheelbarrow. We're going to come out and seed it and put some topsoil down. We're going to fix it. Yeah. Because uh, East Peoria has all kinds of other things. They have an art fair. They have uh, uh, like – They put know. booths out in that area probably? I think so. They they use it almost like, yeah, like a yeah. Yeah. nice little gateway Art too. in the park type thing. Right. Yeah. No, the thing is there's not many more places like this out there. The mall sucks. I yeah. don't care what anybody says. The the If the parking lot wasn't falling apart and – and, you, know, right. you weren't miles away from everything out there. It might be okay. Uh, and then what, Junction City or whatever, you know, that is not a big enough space. It was too small. Yeah. It was a great venue. I loved it. But, yeah, I think it was too small. We outgrew it. So, yeah, yeah hopefully this is a, a nice reminder. And I think that people that did this, uh, the alleged folks. Yes, everybody's innocent until proven guilty on throwing wrenches. In a court of law <laughs> uh, and public opinion. No, but I think they were young. I think they were high school or just out of high school. And I remember it being like twenty. Do you know the adrenaline rush when you have like an open space like that? And you, first off, I don't. I, hey, I yeah. don't know why that guy has that truck with those right. those giant monster moto metal wheels. Right. Yeah. I know what that. I know what that costs. I'm, like, <laughs> mm, I'm doing the math in my head. Yeah. Anyway, but I I know the feeling. I'm like, oh, I can just jump on this and just show off a little bit. Hey, everybody, look at me. Yeah, I remember years ago when I had my Mustang, a guy in a Mustang showing off at a cruise night. That never happens. But I remember uh, it was up in up near my folks, and uh, I, I took a corner in front of everybody, and just, I was going to, like, fishtail and just, you know, just, and I wound up. It was a little wet. It was a little rainy. Oh, this could have been a fail video. Uh, yeah, I, I nearly went into a, you know, the little enclosures where the dumpsters are in a McDonald's parking lot? <laughs> 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 it was it was at the Nostalgia McDonald's in Gurney, Illinois, yeah, if you want to look yeah. that up. Um, but, yeah, what happened was uh, I just got a little too tail happy. And, got a little jiggy with it. And, and, and it, was a, it was a great moment for me because I'm like, I was probably like five payments into on the thing. And I'm like, man, this isn't my car. It's the bank's car. Yeah. If I would have crashed this thing, I would have been screwed. And not only that. There's nobody in the McDonald's parking lot that I really want to impress that much, so who cares? Some some 15-year-old girl sitting there eating french fries watching you like, that's yeah. hot. That's yeah. hot. That's hot. <laughs> that would have been about that same era, the Paris Hilton, like, mm, that's hot. Yeah. Anyways, so, yeah. Is there a happy ending there? Yeah, it shows that people act up, there's repercussions, and there's a good group of people who are enthusiasts who want to make sure that events like that stay safe, they stay fun, and we stay in the good graces of local law enforcement and elected officials. Yeah, and I think that the guys at the top of the organization are manhandling it in the way they have to, Yep. and I think everybody knows that that is about the best place we got, so don't screw this up. That's right. Now, I do have a story. I was going to share this briefly. Mm. I I saw Chris at the last Cars and Coffee set, which was two times ago, but I, did, I, did, I wasn't looking at him. He was wearing this big straw hat. And I noticed it was like the straw hat that Instagram was like doing videos on. And it was like, oh, you buy this hat, and then you, you get the mask with it, the matches on the band, and you can like mow with it, and you can breathe, and it's sunshade and all that. Okay. So I'm like staring at this hat. I'm like, I think that's one of those hats you buy online. And I'm just looking at the hat, and he's looking at me. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking like a creeper. He's probably wondering what the hell. I, I, was, I was looking at the hat. Honestly, with his sunglasses on and that hat, I didn't really know who he was at yeah. the time. Were you were you imagining yourself with such a cool hat? Well, I was thinking if if I was mo- well, actually when I watch commercials, I'm like you know, 
I could mow with this hat and have the mask. Yeah. Like, yeah, anyway, so uh, Chris, if I was staring at you and you thought I was just. Uh, you know, looking for looking into your eyes longingly, it was uh, <laughs> it was definitely at the hat. Going, I know that hat. As long as you didn't get pepper sprayed, you're good. <laughs> it was weird. It was a weird transaction. All right, let's get to uh, regular news here. We're, yeah, we're out of, of twism this week in social media. Let's go on to international. Yeah, it's time for my newest favorite segment of the show, Daryl. Where in the world is Carlos Goshen? Carlos Ghosn. Carlos Ghosn. Carlos Ghosn. Former Renault Nissan chairman Carlos Ghosn. And we actually learned, uh, according to oh, media yeah. reports, see, because this is one of those names, like we're talking about pronouncers. Herbie. <laughs> yeah. We're like, hey, uh, how do you say this guy's name? It's like G-H-O-S-N. I think it's Goshen, right? Like yeah. Goshen, Indiana. It looks like it, yeah. Apparently well, it's... Thanks, because of your massive production abilities. Yeah. Last last episode, I learned it's actually Carlos Gone, gone, gone. The so that, S is silent. Yeah, so maybe we'll name this segment "Gone in 60 Seconds." <laughs> anyway, Goshen and Nissan now have 16 million dollars on the hook by the SEC. This is from Automotive News. Nissan Motor Company and former CEO Carlos Gone have agreed to settle claims in the U.S. Securities and Commissions over false financial disclosures. Gone is such a big man. He has allowed himself to pay $1 million in civil penalties uh, while Nissan picks up the other $15 million. Well, that's nice of him. Yeah. <laughs> what a swell guy. He was arrested in Japan and fired by Nissan last year, and he's been awaiting trial in Tokyo. But fortunately, his dream team lawyer, who we talked about several episodes ago, Jonachiro Hironaka, the razor, mm. is uh, happy to say he's pleased that they've resolved the matter in the U.S. with no findings or admission of wrongdoing. And that is six gone in sixty seconds. Unbelievable! So, how can the company be on the hook for that much? Um, hey, the razor took care of it. It's he, like the Wall Street stuff. Yeah, like, the, hey, sorry about everything. Yeah. Hey, he got the yakuza on his side, bud. Apparently. Even though he's Italian or French or whatever he is. Yeah, if it was like French, Lebanese, some other. Yeah. yeah. Interesting story. We're going to continue to follow that. Not only because it's an interesting story, it's automotive related, but also. We really like being able to, to reference everybody's favorite, like, 1990s uh, computer game. Yeah. Anyways. All right. All right. What else we got going on, Daryl? There's more interna- is international or national? Where are we at? We're national now. We're going to, you know, the rest of the world doesn't mean anything. We're in America now. Mm. Uh, just kidding. Uh, the United Auto Workers strike. Is at- there a strike going on? Yes, there is. Uh, quite a few. The General Motors and the UAW have uh, basically... They're, they're apart. They've drifted apart, yeah, they if have. you will. It's the point in their relationship where they once again have said, I think we need to see other people. It's their every four-year uh, breakup. It's, it's not the seven-year itch. It's the four-year itch. I think it's the four-year itch. So what's what's actually going on is 46,000 GM UAW members have been on strike at uh, GM's plants across the country since September 16th. And uh, their last contract was from 2015, so about four years ago, that expired on September 14th at midnight. GM made an initial proposal for a new contract, but the UAW turned it down. There's some big sticking points. According to the UAW, this is uh, over workers' share of health care costs, temporary workers. I guess there's clauses in there that, you know, uh, bring them in. Yeah. Uh, wage increases, as always, usually is the case with the, with those sorts of things. And then also, they want to be able to hold GM accountable to build more products here in the United States. And GM says, like, yeah, no, not going to do it. So, not going to do it. Not going to do it. 
What they have done is uh, they've gone out and picketed, I guess, up at the Hamtramck, which is near Detroit, uh, one of the factories there. Bernie Sanders is supposed to come and march in solidarity with the UAW hey, workers. Hey, if you're trying to tick up 1% or 2% in your, uh, your polling, I, I imagine showing up there would help. Yeah, probably. So in a letter to members, the UAW said uh, that all unsettled proposals are now at the main table, and they've been presented to GM, and they're awaiting their response. So the back and forth are going to continue. Free Press, Wall Street Journal, a couple others, uh, sources today – uh, this is what the 26th we're recording. Mm-hmm. They said that this could last another week or two based on what they've heard. Interesting thing is, I mean, and you referenced, you have an article here. Yeah, I, do you want me to get into that yeah, one? Let's let's talk about that. Yeah, so you're, the, the Free Press is where you got that one from, and then uh, I believe mine was from uh, Automotive News. No, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, it was uh, oh, no, Market Watch. Market Watch. Market Mar- Mar- Watch. Well, anyway, the point of the article was, and we'll, we'll put a link to it in the article, but during the 20th century, you know, the union has striked several times, struck several times, and uh, one of the interesting facts was in thirty six, thirty seven, uh, they closed plants, which shut down seventy five percent of GM's production. Well, and actually, I believe that was the formation of the UAW. Okay, so they were GM employees, and I think that that was kind of the, the, what they call the famous sit down strike at Flint. Okay, and they actually they took over the uh, factory. They basically like barricaded themselves in there, like yeah, not only we're not making it, but we're not leaving, and yeah. uh, peace out. And so that, I think, was kind of the, the genesis of the UAW. Yeah, but the thing is, back then, I mean, the, those factory workers were probably making the seats, making the upholstery, making the power window motors. They are making everything. Uh, and, and the gist of the MarketWatch article is, over the last you know 50 years, basically GM is down to just 28% of the vehicles being produced in the United States. And that's not including all the ancillary parts that are no longer just little factories around the main factory. I mean, we're talking global infrastructure and you may have a supplier in another country that supplies all the power window motors for all of your cars across continents. So, uh, these guys striking in the United States are literally just a small fraction of GM's infrastructure. It, it, it makes it look to me like the union doesn't have the leverage they used to. And, and honestly, we talked about this before show is regular Joe Schmoes who deal with our own healthcare insurance. And we deal with, pension stuff mm-hmm. uh when you see other guys pitching you know that they're not getting their their every you know their yearly increase and not getting health care covered for the sympathy is not there yeah i i think in in 2019 i mean we can talk there's all kinds of political angles there's all kinds of are you pro-union do you think that unions shouldn't be a thing or have lost their power i mean there's you can go down the rabbit hole and have a huge discussion but for the for the purposes of this show i think it's good to just kind of at least pose the question how effective is this as of a bargaining tool for both the uaw and how effective is this no matter what happens for General Motors. I think nobody comes out of this. Any time a strike gets ugly like this, mm-hmm. or any kind of labor and management relationship gets ugly, it tanks everybody. Yeah. Nobody's going to want to go into their local Chevy dealer and be like, you know what? I'm, I've heard some great stuff in the news lately. I'm going to buy one of those new, um, you know... <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Because you can't even name a model from the United States. That's the worst part. I know that. But here's the other thing. I mean, you know that uh, the Mexican factories, the uh, Chinese factories, and the Canadian factories, well, they might have to pick up production, you know, and if this lingers on. All you're doing is facilitating those operations to actually work harder, hire more people, or maybe even transfer uh, work. It's going to be tough. You know, when you went back to that original article where it said one of their things is build more products in the United States, that's what the union needs. If they don't build more products in the United States, they have no leverage. So I agree. If you go on a uh, you go on a Chevy lot or a GMC lot now, and you look at three different trucks, look at the VIN numbers. 
One will start with a one. Well, that's made in Indiana. One will start with a two. That's made somewhere in Oshawa, Ontario or something like that. And then a lot of the trucks, a lot of the double cabs, the new 2019s they've got rolled out, the new body styles, those are all made in Mexico. They start with a three. That that will quickly tell you at a glance, if anyone wants to talk about Buy American or uh, the reason I bought this is because it's built in this country, Mm -hmm. well, take a look at the VIN number and see what you actually have. Yeah, your daddy's Chevy wasn't built in Mexico, but... Yours is. <laughs> True. And it's, again, I, I'm not taking a stance on, you know, you, nobody can buy a car that's made in this country. Who cares? They're no, all it's, cars. No, it's global. Everything's global. Right. So don't even fool yourself. Every manufacturer is making cars everywhere. Uh, and it's just a, a, you know, to put it in a nutshell, you know, think back when Ford had the rollovers on the Explorers. Mm-hmm. They bought one brand of tires. They put all those tires on, on the one model. Right. And what happened? They had 100% failure 100% of the time. So, you know, in, in today's global environment, when you can spread yourself out through suppliers and, and through manufacturers and workers, you're insulating yourself from having a complete nut or 100% failure 100% of the time. Right. So it's always going to be like this from this point on. Yep. Anyways, we'll I, put a I link simplify. up there. See the way I simplify? I took it like way down to the little minutia and then <laughs> brought did. it back up, Daryl. That's what I do. Blew it up. <laughs> All right. Speaking of blowing things up, uh, let's talk about Kevin Hart because he's blowing up social media. And oh. again... Not in a good way. Yeah, he's not. Ta- we're not talking about the Oscars or the Golden Globes, which we just had the other day, which nobody watched, right? Nope. I don't think so. <laughs> Does anybody care anymore? No, even Drudge Report doesn't re- report about it anymore. It used to be, you know, oh, Night of Glamour, nothing. Yeah. I, don't, I don't see anything. Red carpet. I saw a red carpet interview with Jenny McCarthy and uh, Christina Applegate, which apparently went off the don't rails. Don't vaccinate your kids. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a treat. Check that out if you're bored, folks. I like Christina Applegate. I like Christina Applegate, too. Not so much the Jenny McCarthy. Anyway... <laughs> Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. He. Uh, everybody's kind of seen some of the highlights. He had a. Uh, everybody says, "Oh, it's a seventy kudos." All this hot rodded kudos. Yes. Yes. If okay. He, so yeah, yeah, what people don't know, uh, and you can Google this pretty easy. It's on TMZ. It's everywhere right now. But uh, Kevin Hart has a souped up CUDA, and we'll get a little bit into that. Uh, but he got into an accident, and there's all kinds of stuff going on. We got 911 tapes. We got. Uh, we don't know who's driving the car. Kevin ran back to his house and called 911. But this CUDA basically wiped out with somebody else driving the car, slid down to a ditch, flipped up on its roof. The roof smashed, and it, and it did back injuries to him and to the occupant, the, the guy driving the car. It was a guy driving, and I think his fiance was in the back seat. She was, she was fine. From was she okay? Yeah, okay. absolutely fine from what I understand. All right. So let's talk about this car. Yeah. 720 horsepower, supercharged Hemi motor, 6.4 liter Hemi, which I think is is not quite as powerful as the factory built Hellcats, but still a 700 horsepower car, a lot of fun. But we have a 1970 Plymouth Barracuda at the dealership, maybe a 71. Yeah. It doesn't really look like this. It, this one, these these rims are gigantic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the body lines and the scoop and the hood and everything tell me that this car almost looks like a race car. Yeah, it's totally souped up. It's actually, uh, I thought it was an icon car, but it, it's not. I think that's Joe Rogan's. We were talking kind of off, off. So so Rogan's is an icon? I believe. I okay. have to Google that. Someone can fact check and let us know. Info right. at throwingwrenches.com. Yeah. We do thorough vetting of our news, but sometimes we just don't know. Well, Rogan's known for, he, he's got some cool cars, mm-hmm. and he loves like the old muscle cars, but he likes them with, you know. But he's got a Land Cruiser from Icon with a Chevy crate motor in it. Okay. 
Yeah, that might, makes sense. Maybe it's a diesel. I think it's a Chevy uh, like a LS1 or something, yeah. So anyways, so Kevin Hart's bought his from a company called Speedcore, and actually it was a SEMA car they built in like 2015-ish maybe. Okay. Um, so it's it's fairly new, really cool blue. Uh, like you said, it just slammed to the ground, and it's totally custom chassis, custom build, everything. Like a need for speed car. This is like a... Uh, yeah, gone in sixty seconds. Car. This 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 would be a movie car. And I found out too recently. We were talking. Um, I thought it was one of those. Here, here, it can go two ways. A lot of times, custom builders like this will take a totally clapped out six cylinder basket case. They'll get a replacement body shell from like Dynacorn Industries or uh, what's the other uh, AMR or whatever that makes the metal replacement for Mopar guys. Okay. And they'll just basically take the VIN, swap it onto the new reproduction shell, and then it's a it's a clean slate. Mm-hmm. They got all new steel. They can just do you know crate motor, crate whatever, mm-hmm. and a custom chassis. Good. This thing is actually carbon fiber. A large part of the body, doors, all that stuff. It apparently, it's carbon fiber, which is great because the thing. But weighs... wait, it's a seventy Plymouth Cuda, Daryl. It can't be all carbon fiber. Wink, wink. <laughs> According to the DMV, sure, but this is a total custom built car, and with that motor and no roll cage, like you were talking, right? There's yeah. no. So I guess one of the deals I'd heard on uh, Kevin bought this car because it was kind of a clone of a car that Joe Rogan has. Okay. Uh, and I don't. I don't know this. This is so. I there's like I heard. Five different interpretations of what's happened today from technicians. Everybody's got a, a different view. Do you hear the nine one one tape? Do you hear this? Blah blah. Yeah. But the one thing I heard from one guy was, and this is all hearsay. Uh, what's that? That's a jet. You have a jet flying. Yeah. It's you, a, it's my Alir jet. You're so international, there. I know. Is it about time for you to leave? You got to get on the <laughs> international man of mystery. Anyway, Joe Rogan's car. I heard in the clone. Actually, Joe's had a roll cage in it, and I I had heard from one of these guys that. that Hart did not want the roll cage in this car because they, yeah because he wanted to drive it as just a street roller yeah which you know what 700 horsepower i can buy a 500 horsepower car stock you know anyway but when you deal with carbon fiber and you're dealing with no roll cage on a car that's been re- recreated god even knows if the roof on this thing was solid steel i i said before i think a honda civic is probably safer than this car in, in a, a t-bone situation yeah. and in a rollover God only knows, you know, what are the pillars made out of? You know, what what's holding right. this thing together? Uh, he's probably lucky to be alive, honestly. Yeah, I think so. I'm thinking back. Was it Hulk Hogan's kid? Oh, yeah. He, he did. Same kind of thing. It's he, never the guy, by the way. I just want to throw this out here. It's never the dude that owns it who's out there beating on it like, hey, watch this. Did Paul Walker own his? I don't think something? so. I th- was it his friend driving? Oh, yeah. I think there was some Hillary conspiracy on that. Have Man. you heard that whole deal? No. Anyway. <laughs> no. But uh, think back to, think back old school, James Dean. Yeah. James Dean wasn't driving, I don't think, was he? Seriously? I thought, see, yeah. some people see, I think if you look this up. I don't, I don't know. You see, that's your, that's, your, that's your era. Even though you're younger than me, you seem to know more about that era. <laughs> I, well, somebody said, oh, it wasn't James that was driving. It was his mechanic, and his mechanic was the one who like, I think crashed you, the I car. I think I remember that, too. Yeah. All right. So so we'll give Kevin some slack. I I don't know what's happening there. Here's my thing. And we've talked about this a lot on on previous shows. Cutting the VIN plate off of a car and slapping on something else and calling it what that VIN plate is. Yeah. I still think is just a a slap shot way just to to manufacture cars. I think it's it's complete crap to circumvent uh all safety standards of modern cars. I I I get it. Look, man, I, I get, get it. it. <laughs> you want a cool car, but you're never going to have a '70 Cuda that's going to pass any kind of. St- I mean, if I understand that, but if at I what go point? put a hot rod motor in an old car, 
I shouldn't be held to some standard that's like you, this needs to. If the motor's out of a two thousand Corvette yeah. and I put it in a fifty five Chevy, yeah. I, my fifty five Chevy shouldn't be brought to the same standard as the two thousand Vet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if you if you build an airplane in your garage, it's called experimental, right? I, I think if you pass a threshold of like fifty percent of this car is not original anymore, it should be called experimental. Yeah. It's you know, like, and, yeah. and there should even be maybe even a warning light comes on the dash says this car is not certified by the National Traffic Safety Highway Administration. You know, you yeah. could die in this car in an accident. <laughs> We're not responsible for it. There needs I don't know. I'm not for more government intervention. Don't get me wrong at all. Sounds like it. No, I'm no. not. But I, I think these guys are, are finding loopholes by grabbing old VIN plates and yeah. just and having like 20 percent of a car at the core of this thing and then rebuilding the whole thing. I think how much of the onus is on the individual who owns the vehicle or pays to have it built to be like, hey, I'm going to take this car. I think it's 50-50. I think it's a 50-50 relationship here. Cars like that were not built to have 700 horsepower. You could certainly do it, but people back then were you know, probably like Shirley Muldowney or the yeah. other guy uh, yeah. that I can't remember. Oh, the yeah. we, can, we can't even talk about the gal who just killed herself. You know, Jesse and, Combs? And, yeah, Jesse Combs. I mean, yeah. Muldowney's a great example. That's a whole other show. show. Yeah, next maybe next time we'll, we'll talk a, about that. Yeah, we'll do a women's show. She died doing what she loved. By the way, they just submitted her her last few runs for Guinness because I guess she reached an average speed of like five hundred thirty oh, miles an hour. Yeah, that's great. I'm sure that'll make her happy. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, no, I I honestly believe if don't you, you have, have to a, walk away from the run, I don't think so. Okay, if you have a car like this and you're going to actually take it out, what are you going to what are you going to build a car like this for? I want to just go out into dinner and take my lady friend out and, you know, drive the PCH and see the sights. You take it out and you beat on it. Why do you own a Lambo? Why does somebody buy a Lambo that go 300 miles an hour? You want to beat on it. Yeah, exactly. You want to beat on it and yeah. show off. And yeah. what happens, this is kind of the consequence. If you can't drive, yeah. I mean, you were saying here, too much car, not enough driver. Yeah. You can drive like an idiot all you want. Just don't take people with you. And when you crash, you don't sue people. You don't sue the manufacturer. No. You don't say the company, yeah. oh, the guy who painted it, he should have stopped and know better than yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Dude, that's on you. Yeah. No, when you bought that car, you're, dude, Kevin Hart has billions of dollars, and he knew when he bought that car he was buying a unicorn that was going to be a ton of fun to drive. Yeah. And then he put Mr. Uh, Black, is that his name? Jared please. Black was behind the wheel. There you go. His Black friend. lost control and sent them through a fence, down a ditch. The roof of the car was crushed where Hart and Black's backs uh, were damaged or hurt or something. Both have been through surgery and will survive with a lot of physical therapy to come. That was in auto week. Awful. I, I hope he has a speedy yeah. recovery, but if everybody's going to lawyer up and start yeah. doing some really dumb stuff, if you got a hot rod, learn to drive it. Yeah. All right, let's get away from this terrible article. And I, I think this next article is complete comedy, Daryl. I mean, I having been to Mackinac Island or Mackinac Island, as I like to call it up there, uh, this story to me just just brings a smile to my face, and not in a political way at all. I just think it's funny because this is. I think this could be any politician world, but apparently, and I, maybe you want to maybe you talk about the article, and I'll I'll tell my feelings. All right, so what happened up in Mackinac Island uh, last week, I think it was here. Mackinac Island. Mackinac. Is it Mackinac? That's what they call it up there. Is it spelled with a C or a W? A C. Oh, no, no. It, it, they call it Mackinac Island. I thought it was what's Mackinac Island. I don't know what Mackinac Island. I, I, I think they call it Mackinac. 
Somebody can correct us because yeah. I swear there's something up with Herbie Goshen. We need Mackinac. <laughs> we need phonetic spellings. On I think we need a producer who knows uh, has a dictionary. I thought they called it Mackinac, even spelled with a C, which makes no sense. Also makes no sense. You can't have a car on the island, so I've never been there. Anyways, anyway. Mike Pence, uh, Vice President Pence, rolled into town there on Mackinac Island on uh, a motorcade of not one. Not two, not three, but eight <laughs> black SUVs for the uh, the Republican leadership conference that was held up there about a week ago. And apparently the locals up there didn't like it because for 121 years, Eric, cars have been prohibited this on the beautiful, scenic, fudge-infested <laughs> Michigan island. <laughs> As a veteran uh, who's traveled to Mackinac Island or Mackinac Island, whatever you want to call it, uh, yeah, it's just a bunch of bikes. There's bike racks everywhere. I, I toted my kid on a carrier and went all across that thing. And everywhere you go, through the little fudge shops, through the ice, ice cream shops, mm-hmm. uh, you, you just ride bikes everywhere. And the roads basically are just these little rounded paths now everywhere. So to me, to put a mental image of an eight SUV motorcade, yeah. first off, they probably get two or three ferries lined up. And so they got all their trucks, and then all the ferries got over, and they started loading them on there. And then they drive down to the Grand Hotel at Mackinac Island, which looks like the one from Somewhere in Time or from uh, uh, The Shining. It's this old, oh, okay. this old white palatial yeah. Grand Resort. I guarantee they pulled up there for that meeting. And I, fortunately, it's probably 95% tourists who are on the island. They don't realize that 121-year tradition has been broken just because Mike Pence didn't want to put his butt on an electric bike or maybe even take a little walk. Uh, Huffington Post is where I got this article just because it was funny and I saw there was like a picture of like a motorcade of yeah. like armored, you know, uh, SUVs, which <laughs> just I just in case Al Qaeda was waiting in the bushes. <laughs> right. <laughs> probably not probably not going to happen. But presidents Truman, Kennedy, Ford, Bush and Clinton all managed to visit without a set of wheels. But this week not so much the case. Dude, there's so many electric vehicles. They could have gotten a golf cart and towed them around. They probably even have an armored golf cart. You think so? <laughs> Probably. It's like there's tech. They got UFO technology. Haven't you, have, they raided Area 51 this week. Yeah, they I mean, busted those guys though. <laughs> so, it's interesting to see. I think that what the the deal is is obviously security first, because you really don't want your VP. You're on an island. You're on an island in northern Michigan. There's you, no, there's nobody there. You saying <laughs> they could sweep that in about ten minutes? Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know how big is how big is the island? It's about as big as Pekin, probably. And <laughs> it's not very big. I'm telling you, Daryl. This 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 story is ridiculous to me. It it just it blows my mind, and it's not political at all. I no, because no. I because I could easily see a Democratic person driving up. It just really you you couldn't find a better way to do this. Yeah, I guess not. I'm the vice president. Maybe he had a bunion that day. Let me ask, <laughs> corns. Let me ask you this though: If you're, let's say, in need of ambulatory services on Mackinac Island, well, maybe they tote you around them like one of those little rickshaws. Rickshaw. <laughs> I'd love to see them try that with me. Oh, maybe, they, maybe they put a tow chain on there. You know, the last few people though I've I've seen with those rickshaws in cities have got like the best calves and thighs. Oh and yeah, like, dude, this is the best workout in the world. Yeah, put a couple of tourists in there and haul yeah. them around. Like, I had a hippie toting me around in uh, Charleston or something a couple of years ago at, yeah. at a meeting. Yeah, I'm just like, this is a great gig, and I'm like, he's not making anything, but he's working out. Yeah, yeah. it forces you to work out. Yeah, because everybody that they <laughs> pick up looks like you and me. <laughs> 
All right. So speaking of... All right. um, Yeah, let's get away from that. But that's a great story, Daryl. Good find. Thanks. Thanks. Speaking of things that are in poor condition, uh, besides our health... But apparently not. But apparently not. Everyone likes to complain about Illinois roads. Turns out they don't suck as much as we think they do. According to an analysis by a... uh, Actually, it's called Quote Wizard, which I was like, what's (laughs) this? Lending Tree. LendingTree.com. They analyzed... Known for their industrial... uh, what do I say? Knowledge. Yeah, right. Their knowledge of infrastructure of yeah, America. Yeah. They have an, uh, analyzed some Federal Highway Administration data. And, of course, those are, that's all the data that says, like, this bridge is structurally sound. This one is not. So they put all that together, analyzed it. The new data shows in 2019 that Illinois ranks 22nd among all 50 states when it comes to the worst road infrastructure. 22nd. So we're not number one, and we're not 50. Hmm. We're right in the middle of everybody else's garbage. So what they actually looked at were... This is shocking, the worst states. Anyway, keep going. Percentage of poor road conditions is what they looked at. Uh, Annual cost per motorist due to roads in need of repair. In other words, I I think we talked about that. But how many people actually report all their accidents like that? Because their deductibles all suck, so nobody's going to... Nobody's going to do it. Yeah. Unless you're talking... I had a friend of mine who was talking about a BMW with magnesium rims, 1,400 a rim. And you better believe they're turning that into insurance. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, annual cost per motorist, of, you know, based on damage from roads, and then also the percentage of structurally deficient bridges after the I thirty five W disaster in Minneapolis. Yep. That suddenly became an issue, and I don't know if anybody's like walked underneath an interstate bridge or like just taken a little bit of time to see it up close. You know what those those Oof. boards are? They put between the steel rails. Mm-hmm. They're to collect all the concrete that's falling from the. Uh, Are you serious? Yes. It's, it's like a, a like a tray? Like, it is a tray. Oh, my gosh. That's, <laughs> All the stuff that's falling off so that way it doesn't land on your hood or on your windshield. See, and I didn't really pay any attention to that stuff, yeah. but I took a, a – my wife and I were on a couple times that Spirit of Peoria pedal wheel. Yeah. And, like, when you go underneath the 74 bridge and then the 150 bridge, yeah. you're like, what year was this built? <laughs> because uh, uh, tw- I see some chunks. Yeah, 10 years ago. You know. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, rebar's pretty durable. You know, even if, even if it was down the rebar, you you'd still wouldn't go into the river, Daryl. It's okay. Actually, not. so the worst states, this stunned me. Actually, i want not completely stunned by Oklahoma as number two. Rhode Island stuns me as number one. But I, I, I'm surprised it's not more bridge states. Usually, states along the coast. Rhode Island is also, you know, it's on the coast, and there's a lot of bridges there. You would think that, uh, you would think that states like Georgia or uh, Louisiana, Louisiana, with yeah. bridges everywhere, those states would be terrible. But Rhode Island was number one for the worst state. Oklahoma was number two. Oklahoma roads suck. I don't know if you've ever taken any roads in no. Oklahoma. They're just, it's all like old '66 when I was a kid. Kachunk, kachunk. Kachunk, everything's like that. Yeah, Route Twenty Four. As I grew up, yeah, going to Chino every all the time. Kachunk, kachunk, kachunk. That's all it ever was. And Mississippi stuns me because normally Southern states rank pretty high because usually have blacktop everywhere. It doesn't. Yeah, and the climate's not bad. It's yeah. not you don't get the freeze thaw cycles, right? So it must be really bad somewhere. Maybe they got gravel roads all over on the countryside. Who knows? I'm I'm wondering if it isn't towards the Gulf Coast because there's a lot of bayous and stuff there where it's just you look out and it's just miles of bridges and stuff, and it's like. The interstate system in this country is a marvel of engineering. I don't understand how the bulk of that was built in like 10 years. Yeah. It's amazing to me. And by the way, we haven't really spent too much more money into it since about 1968. <laughs> so, I don't is- know. Apparently, we're always working on 55. <laughs> yeah, there's that. And bridges here. Yeah. The best states, though, the best states, according to this, were uh, the, the best was Tennessee, Yeah, which is fantastic, uh, seconded by Georgia and then Florida. 
a lot of money pouring into them, a lot of people moving there, so they, they're building their infrastructure. So, yeah, they prioritize the roads. Probably a lot newer roads. In Florida, in the last 20 years, just from where when I used to live down there in Fort Myers, I mean, they've ripped down forests and put up subdivisions. Everything's brand new. So yeah. uh, I could see how that, that would be good. They did say there was a correlation between the amount of infrastructure spending in each state and the conditions of their roads. <laughs> No, it's, this is obvious. If you're spending that much money on roads, that's why I I didn't want to be one of those guys who's like, oh, these roads, the taxes on gas in Illinois, blah, blah, blah. You know <laughs> blah, what? Blah, blah, blah. I love to drive on roads that aren't craters like the moon. Yeah. I don't like paying money, but guess what? It's good for my paycheck, Daryl. The more rims that come bent and the control arms are blown out and the <laughs> right. fire steering's are out of whack. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I need control arm bushings yeah. all around. Yeah. Yeah. I'll uh, need a lower control arm. I don't even know what that part is, but apparently I need it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, interesting food for thought. So if you ever think you're getting a raw deal here in Illinois, it could always be worse. And if you're looking for infrastructure news, always go to LendingTree.com. <laughs> Daryl, it's that time. Is it that time, Eric? Oh, it's definitely that time. It's time for your moment of musk. As reported in Jalopnik this week, uh, Elon sent out a text and it said, Um, at Porsche, the word turbo doesn't mean what you think it does. Uh, Musk was jokingly tweeting to Porsche about the use of the word turbo as the name of its vehicle. It doesn't actually contain a turbocharger. Porsche's Taycan PR manager Mayak Weyenkotter is also quoted saying, that's free PR for us. I'm not sure everyone was aware of the Taycan. And that is your moment of my... I just like to watch Daryl work the, the knob there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, there's there's been a little peeing match going on between Porsche and Tesla lately because uh, Tesla uh, took a Model S, and they, uh, we don't know if they stripped it down. We don't know if it's a, a production model that's going to happen, but they apparently broke the time record at the Nuremberg Ring, and now Porsche is basically going back and saying, well, they don't know if it's a production uh piece that's going to have components like suspension, braking, cooling, and tires that would come from the factory. He also mentions he doesn't know what sacrifices Tesla made, specifically the battery longevity in making this car get faster. Porsche basically said, if another Apple is better than our Apple, we will find an answer. Interesting. Boom. Interesting. (laughs) Well, you remember that Top Gear probably, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, whenever the, the original Tesla Roadster came out. Yeah. They got two of them on the track, and they ran out of juice. Yeah. But it was also, like, blistering fast. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can jack the thing up and make it go in, like, hyper mode. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You get, like, half half the fuel economy, or, yeah, the battery economy that we're supposed to get. Yeah, but if Porsche has taken one of their hot rods out, and they're going to try to set a lap record at Nürburgring Ring, they're not going to be, like, total stock tune, total no, stock no. everything. Come on. I don't know. It's, you know, this, like I said, it's uh, definitely two titans kind of going after each other. I think it's kind of fun because Tesla is a little bit of the upstart in that situation. And, and certainly, uh, you know, you're in the backyard of Porsche, you know, yeah. <laughs> running laps going, hey, look at us. Yeah, look what we're doing. It's kind of like the kid who used to ride around in the back of your house, you know, doing stunts on his BMX bike saying, hey, come on out, you know, let's see what we can do. You just want to be careful if you don't wake up a giant who crushes you later, right? Very true. So definitely somebody to keep an eye on. <laughs> I, I do think that Model S, we've talked before about just how quick yeah. A lot of that stuff is electrics in general, but I think uh, there's there's definitely that that understated kind of 
I'm going to jump on the throttle, and it's just going to be instant power on all four wheels and yeah. just go. I think the S is probably a fun car to drive. If you race prepped it, it might be a really fun car to have on an autocross course. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Actually, I'm surprised we haven't seen one yet. Yeah, none in any of your nah, travels? Not, not that I've seen so no. far, but you know, I'm a rookie. I still... I still don't qualify as a big dog out there, Daryl. That's okay. That's all right. <laughs> One of these days. Yeah, anyway. So uh, that, that's your extended moment of must there, okay? Uh, so this is a segment of the show before uh, we get to our cars of the week. Just kind of talk about some stuff going on. We call it the Rift Zone. And uh, sometimes it's just me bitching about uh, you know, stuff that goes on at work. <laughs> sometimes it's Daryl just saying you know, things about people who throw garbage out their window. Who knows what's going to happen here? But I will say this. In my Rift Zone this week, a couple things were going on. Uh, I was watching Netflix shows this week. I finished Hyperdrive, and yeah, uh, yeah. I, I loved Hyperdrive. We talked about it in the last episode. Charlize Theron, you know, showed up in there, so that was good for one episode. I at least got to watch her hug a little South African girl. But uh, I did watch the end of that show, and there was a French guy with a uh, it's a Nissan body with a BMW engine, and uh, oh my god, man, that dude was. He was a drift machine. The car had yeah. to weigh like 300 pounds, and it was putting out 1,000 horsepower. He was just blowing smoke everywhere. <laughs> so much fun. Uh, ultimately, you know, I'm not going to blow the ending for you because the show is fairly new. Uh, but uh, it was an exciting conclusion, to say the least. So then I saw that Fastest Car came out, which was a series that came out last year, where they pit a bunch of just oddball... I mean, the drift show was odd enough. I mean, the drift show had people from one end of the economic spectrum to the top end and fastest car kind of does that too. Fastest car, the premise is they'll run like seven or eight races of four cars to qualify for an end race at the end of the series. And so I watched episode one the other day of season two and uh, they had an Eagle Talon with a young lady driving it. Cool as hell. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they had a donk, which is like an old caprice. I don't know anything about the donk culture, but I've seen them driving around Peoria. But like on like twenty four inch rims. Yes, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And he was on those rims. I'm thinking, dude, you know how many more? You're you're reducing your horsepower by having those giant rims in yeah. there. Just 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 scale it down just a little bit. But he wouldn't do it. Uh, and then there was a guy <laughs> with a Lamborghini who uh, had written self help books and and uh, how to be a better businessman. And he he's talking about how these other cars made him puke looking at him because. His car so much better. The dude was horrible. He's just a terrible human being. He was being. a terrible <laughs> human being. And he had a terrible story of growing up in Iran and being a refugee, and he fought for his whole life. But the only friend he had in his whole world was his mom standing there with him. And the guy's 45, 50 years old, and his mom is his only supporter. Dude, it's gone south somewhere. Yeah. You need to just let it go. I, it's good that your mom loves you. Yeah. And you love your mom. Yeah. But it's weird to bring her on a show. And it, Was she in the car, like a passenger? No, no, but she or? was there when he uh, when he didn't win, thank God. There was a Honda Civic <laughs> SI that the guy had basically converted to all-wheel drive. And I don't know what the hell happened. The Eagle Talon, this young lady, she's probably 17, 18 years old. She was le- – I, I couldn't even believe what I was seeing. I thought the Lambo would just, like, launch. The Lambo didn't even get off the line very well. And – uh the girl with the talent, this, this, she was leading the thing like 80, 80% of the way down. No kidding. Yeah, and this Honda Civic is like squirreling down the road. It's halfway through the course. It's just a straight shot. It's just a, it's just a launch, basically, a quarter mile. Okay. Probably. The, the SI starts getting a little sideways, a little squirrely. You start seeing flames like popping out of the hood. And he must have did a nitro blast because at the very last <laughs> second, he like blows past her in, in the red talent. It was an exciting race. It was fun, and I love the fact that the Lambo lost because I hated that guy. As a jerk. He was horrible. He was. I mean, not that all Lambo owners are. I'm sure there's some great ones out there. 
this guy was horrible. He was a terrible person. He needed to... So anyway, I I loved season one because season one actually had a guy with like a rat rod that he basically slammed. I don't know if you remember. It was like a rust bucket. I and remember seeing... I, I think I watched the first episode of that. It's the one with the, the Honda Odyssey, like the rat yeah, rod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember. There was some other like oddball yeah, stuff in yeah. there. Yeah, it was, it was cool. So I'm looking forward to the season. I'll watch all the episodes and see. Okay. But uh, I do recommend it. Yeah, last season, the guy with the Honda Electric... If, if you didn't watch, I'm going to spoil it for right now. There were some guys in a little Honda... like mid-80s model, maybe 70s, that did gone all electric, and they had so much horsepower and such a short wheelbase, it basically went sideways and like hit somebody else's car, ruined their dreams at the same, in the process of ruining their car. They were horrible people, too. I hate them. Yeah. But, they're, but they're on Netflix, and they probably got some consolation prize, like some I doubt, money or I doubt. They're still horrible people. Probably not. They're yeah. probably burning in hell with the Lambo guy. Anyway. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> All right. Well, while you're getting worked up about Netflix series, um, I actually am getting worked up about in 2019, people are still putting glass packs on their stuff. Does this bother you? It does. What is is glass pack technology? What era would that be? Well, like I think they were big in like the 50s and 60s. You know, if you had a an old flathead Ford, and you know you went to the J.C. Whitney catalog, and like you know this thing's too quiet. I want to wake up all the neighbors and let my parents know when I'm getting home after curfew. Then you you ordered some uh, some glass packs. Either it was uh, the Thrush or the uh, my favorite my favorite Purple Hornies was another brand. <laughs> I don't know why you'd ever order those. All I could think of was like Back to the Future, like Marty McFly's era. You know, yeah. So you put glass packs on a car back then. Exactly. Okay. So, so, but but anybody. Who has an old farm truck? That, you know that that became kind of a demographic that embraced the glass pack sound, and I think that everybody goes through a phase where loud is really cool, but you gotta you gotta stop. I'm still hearing <laughs> trucks. I went to Jimmy John's to get a sandwich the other day, and a guy was next to me pulling out in a big lifted Silverado with glass packs, and I'm like, dude, what? You're an adult. What are you doing? Glass packs only sound good on two types of vehicles. Old like Datsun 240s or anything with like an inline six, like a finely tuned Japanese six. Okay, which was too quiet. Yeah, and then or uh, some old British car, like an MG Midget or an Austin Healey Sprite or something that's kind of fun and lively. Again, it's, a car with no no sound. Yeah, yeah. you got to liven it up a little bit. But if you're putting it on like it's a like big adding rock, salt to yeah. a bland plate, okay, it is. It's it's like adding Mrs. Dash. <laughs> I know it's terrible. But if you put that on a big block truck or something, man, you're just like asking to be pulled over. Most of the folks that run glass packs on their stuff, if you do get pulled over, you're probably getting a ticket for a bunch of stuff. So just, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying choose wisely. Choose your exhaust wisely. That's all I'm but saying. a glass pack is probably, what, 50 bucks? Shoot. Well, I don't know what they are now, but back in the day, that was the other thing. You'd go to Farm and Fleet and get it for like 25 bucks. <laughs> exactly. So. I want the shortest one possible. Yeah, yeah. I want the most obnoxious one I can get on my vehicle. Mm-hmm. And, that, and then I'm going to clamp it on there. Yeah. 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 And then it'll it'll <laughs> blow out the packing in about two weeks, and it'll sound worse. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. That's our, our Riff Zone segment for the show. Don't do it. Fortunately, I didn't have to talk about any of my customers this week. All right. We're good. <laughs> Now it is time for a segment in our show we call Cars of the Week. Yeah, this is where we wrap up the show. This is where Daryl and I decide that if we had a million dollars, we would buy a $2,000 car. We we comb the internet. We look over Bring a Trailer. We look over Craigslist, if it's still even out there. 
I don't even know if Craigslist even boots up. I did. I checked it last week. <laughs> there ain't nothing on there, brother. There's nothing there. Facebook Marketplace. We definitely check Facebook Marketplace because it's definitely put a nail in the coffin of Craigslist. Mm. Uh, but we break out the, the virtual currency. We act like we don't have wives or spouses, so we are going to spend money recklessly. And what do we find? Usually usually some garbage, usually something that we wouldn't buy in real life anyway, but we definitely have found some weird ones this week. Daryl, this week, I'm not even going with a car. I see that. It's got two wheels. That's unusual for you. <laughs> yeah. This, what do you got? So like I said, please indulge me on this one. I got my Wired magazine this week, and uh, there's always this little segment in, in the front of the Wired magazine where it's uh, – and this is totally screwing up the thing because this is not a car for sale on the internet right now in Peoria area. Like you can't buy it. I, maybe you can. We'll get to that. But anyway, uh, Zero Motorcycles was in the fetish section of the Wired magazine this month for a motorcycle they now make. It's 14-kilowatt battery bike. It's all rechargeable, 110 horsepower, 140-pound-foot torque, 0 to 60 in two seconds. It's got rider modes that uh, can be for city – Rain. You can use your smartphone app. You got 161 miles. You can drive this thing on, and you can plug it in and get all those 161 miles back in eight eight and a half hours. Uh, so when you get home, you just plug it in. Capital City Motorsports on Springfield does sell this vehicle. Okay. So technically, I've not I've not blown this whole segment, but it's a cool eighteen thousand nine hundred ninety five dollars for this motorcycle. I will tell you this. Visually, this bike is stunning. It's like a sport bike. So for, we'll put a picture up in the yeah. post. You can check yeah. it out. Throw it, it's it's gorgeous. It, 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 it's like your, yeah. your your dream little fun bike, basically. But yeah. it, it looks fun. And there's no gears. It's just you just grab the accelerator and you just turn it up to ludicrous speed. And you just give it hell. Yeah, this one goes to 11. Yeah. You know, I can do whatever I want with this because I don't have to worry about, you know, my foot having to move around and, like, kick a gear or do anything like that. You just basically probably turn it on. It probably goes zzz, or something like that when yeah. you turn it on. And then you just zzz, and just drive down the road. That's probably nothing. And see, the nice part about that is if you live in an area, you know, we were talking uh, before the show, like the motorcycles are where probably electric vehicles are going to, that's a whole industry we don't even talk about. No, we don't, we don't talk about much in the show. And really because you and I aren't really motorcycle guys. Yeah, My yeah. wife is kind of a motorcycle person. When I told her about the spikes, she's like, oh, that sounds interesting. Because she wants to drive one to Lincoln every day. To, to work, and yeah. I, I always thought she was insane, but you know what? No gas. The maintenance would be ridiculously low on this, and that's always my thing with motorcycles. I don't know how to maintain these things. Sure. You know, these... They're different enough. Yeah. They're different yeah. enough to where it's not it's not your typical car. It should be simpler, but mm-hmm. to me, it's more frightening, honestly. Well, I, yeah. One of the things I never thought about was like talking about rebuilding the fork seals. I'm like, what? what is, what is yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, they got hydraulic fluid in them, and there's rubber boots, and yeah. when they go, it's like... Yeah, I, I know nothing. I mean, just I just that whole assembly, even even the whole thing where the gear, the little foot pedal goes into the side of the box thing there. I don't like. I mean, what is this exactly? So this is so, like a bicycle, but worse. <laughs> what is what's going on? So anyway, uh, I think that if I were to get an electric motorcycle, that this uh, this bike from Zero uh, might be something to look at. Now, I think that $18,995 is pretty stiff, but I think when the price gets down to about half of this, yeah. when you can get a bike like this for ten grand, hey, man, we're, we're cooking with gas. I don't even know. Do you know what a, a new Harley Sportster costs? Like I, an 880 or something? Is I it? have to imagine those are ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000 bikes, right? It's not so, probably that much more, right? Yeah, yeah you wouldn't think. So I, I think we're, we're getting close, folks. We're getting f- close to all electric. As much as some of you may hate that, I think on a bike like this, I'd have fun with it. Because I don't want to own a Harley, but I'd own that thing. 
Yeah, you're not riding out to Sturgis on this. No, but I could drive to work. Dude, yeah. I, I love driving to work to North Beacon on that. That'd be fun. That would be. Yeah. Until I got killed because somebody didn't see me or a deer, or a deer pranced out to, to catch a butterfly and I died because of randomness. Where's your sense of adventure, yeah. man? Come on. <laughs> Daryl, what do you got? Because it doesn't look very car-like to me either. No, it's also on two wheels, but it does not have a cool motor. And uh, it's big, round, and kind of expensive. It is a 1962 Airstream Bambi Camper, which sounds really masculine right now. It does. It does. uh, Yeah. Emasculated. I I bought a Bambi. That's $42,000 is the current bid on eBay. And it is actually, it's one of those classic Airstream travel trailers with the polished aluminum outer skin. Oh, yeah. And it's actually got white walls, full disc hubcaps on it. It's very, very nicely done. Completely restored to original. Uh, and when I say original, I'm not talking like, oh, we upgraded this and that with LED lighting and, you know. No, it's, it looks like 1962. When you go in there, there's this little tiny stove. The the Bambi was the smaller. It's the 16-foot This thing is trailer. tiny. It's, I mean, yeah. it literally is like a, a sheet of plywood length. I mean, it, Yeah, it's it's a little <laughs> a little bit bigger than what the, I guess, the modern ones are the scamps. You've okay. seen those. Those are tiny. But, yeah, these things actually are, are, are pretty small. But it's back in the heyday when Airstream, post-war America, everybody who had tons of money. Either went out and bought a boat for the family, or they bought a trailer for the family, mm-hmm. and they hitched it behind their country squire, and they towed it around. They had a ball because you know we had disposable income back then, and, and <laughs> life was good. Uh, but we also uh, some people really embrace the airstream lifestyle. I've got a whole coffee table book which talks about all the international travel and stuff these people did. There was like caravans, that's cool. Like clubs, they would register them, and it's like, oh, we're going to Botswana with the airstream club, and they would they would charter a boat and they'd take their cars there. I mean, it was, it's insane. In the back of my mind, I really want to be one of those people that has one of these deals. Put it behind one of the old cars, tow it, go to a meet, or go to just have a fun vacation on Route sixty six yeah, or something yeah. like that. I'll never do it. Dude, th- this would be classic, and it'd be great. But I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, I, I was mocking some people for spending two and $3,000 on rooftop tents. Yeah. $42,000. Yeah, they're stupid expensive. Yeah. I mean, how many <laughs> nights? That's 420 nights in, a, in $100 hotel rooms. Right. <laughs> right. You could spend the next year and a half staying in hotels for the same price as this thing. You could just live in the Waldorf Astoria for like two months. Yeah. I, I mean, I have to think the modern ones that are probably a fraction of the price of this would be just as much fun. Uh, now, yeah, yeah. you with your classic cars, this might be extra cool to have behind it. But you're buying top of the market at this point in this thing. Yeah, that's insane. I think I'd wait till the market crashes. <laughs> and it might. I mean, the, the the nice part about this is that there's tons of the bigger Airstreams out there, like the 20 and They're probably foot. less desirable. I think they the are. smaller one probably is desirable in, in some ways because it can be pulled by anything, right? Right. Yeah, a lot of people will pull them behind a midsize SUV yeah. or something like that. But, uh, yeah, if you're out there, I actually did look... <laughs> Last night, I bet you did. There's a couple thirty foot, I think uh, thirty or thirty five foot airstreams here locally for about ten to twelve, yeah. and they're nice. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, usable, and but they all have the same description in the ad. Bought when I had a family, kids left, no use anymore. And it's like really sad when you read this. You're like, that's my f- life coming up. The three years from now is my life. I yeah, bought but- the, bought this. It's like my I got a slack line in the basement. You know what a slack line is? No. It's like this this thing you tie between two trees and they, like you can like walk on like a tightrope. Oh, I've seen. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Once my kids out of the house, 
I'm never using. That. You're not just going to go downstairs and be like, "Yeah, it's a good time." Hey, to honey, let's, that let's, up. yeah, let's uh, let's go walk the wire down the basement, down, yeah, or between trees. Yeah, no, there's there's all kinds. Of, my house is filled with stuff that once my kids are out of the house, they need to go. You know what you could get though? What's that? Two of those motorcycles, two of those zero bikes. Yeah, and we could and we could saying. we could die like Thelma and Louise, my wife and I, just, <laughs> just drive off a cliff. <laughs> You got enough juice. No, no, no. You would have fun. Well, that. we'd run out of battery before we hit that cliff. We'd find something here in the Midwest we'd kill ourselves on. Yeah. Anyway. Hopefully not. All right. So uh, one one little thing here I just want to throw out. We uh, normally wind the show up here, but I just want to throw a couple articles. We're watching because that's what we do. Uh, we're constantly keeping track of things. So um, German prosecutors are going after Daimler. Because they apparently rigged diesel cars. 684,000 cars they're after. That's according to Bloomberg. Keep an eye on that article. And then Fiat Chrysler is also in trouble for violating Clean Air Act and making false statements about their missions in Fiat Chrysler U.S. diesel vehicles. That's according to Rutgers. Uh, let me tell you something. If you think diesels are going to be the hot ticket in sedans in the United States, no. that ain't happening. No. Uh, between Volkswagen and the stuff with Mercedes and Fiat Chrysler, they are screwed. Way to go, Germany and Italy. Yeah, exactly. Again, you blew it. <laughs> Did you see this article, Daryl, about the retired salesman from Canada heading to the Henry Ford Museum because of this, this Mustang they sold? I don't even understand this article. Yeah, I saw a blurb on uh, uh, social media where he talked about it, but I, I wasn't familiar with the story. So, yeah, go for it. Okay. Well, I don't know enough about it, but apparently he's being reunited with a car from 55 years ago. It was a pre-production display unit that weren't even supposed to be sold. And somehow it's – it's not, is it the very first serial number? Allegedly, yes. Allegedly, yes. So yeah. keep an eye on that article. Maybe we'll share that uh, a little bit later. And I think that's about it as far – so what was the story about the article, the oils here? Okay, so I was watching uh, a guy's video channel on uh, YouTube called Scotty Kilmer, and he's like a YouTube sensation mechanic who's just a grumpy old man. But We could be YouTube sensations. We could be. <laughs> this guy actually was talking about a new uh, standard for oil. Modern oils apparently aren't meeting the performance demands that are being placed on today's smaller, undersized, turbocharged stop-start engines. Okay, they're getting time. Chair, timing chain wear. They're getting premature wear on a bunch of other components. So what they uh, – this is a great group. I'm going to join this group. The <laughs> International Lubricant Specification Advisory Committee, or ILSAC. 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 is going to be uh, licensing sales of a new oil that's uh, designated GF6 starting May 1st, 2020. And that's actually a, a new formulation to address pre-ignition and excess wear that's occurring with some of the new motors. It's really – it's confusing. Nobody really knows that much about it. I'm going to say, before you start going to like your local AutoZone and be like, give me that there new <laughs> give me oil. That time and chain oil. I need yeah. the stuff that's better. <laughs> the TF6. Yeah. Look, do a little homework. Uh, we'll put a link up there. Motor Magazine and uh, actually the ILSAC has a, a nice link on there. It was kind of heady and engineer nerd stuff. But um, ask your service folks at your dealership or your yeah. auto repair shop for the best advice. Just don't go like, give me some of that there stuff. Yeah, I'd be interested to talk to some other people in the pure air about this because I, I tell people all the time, do not go 10,000 miles after 100,000 miles on their four-liter trucks with Toyota because we're seeing timing train chain stretched. Yeah. And I really thoroughly believe that if you change every 5,000 miles, we would not be seeing these problems. And if you want to keep your vehicle for 300,000 miles, do it every five. It's not that much. No, it's, it's not, not that much. Especially when we're, t we're, we're, I mean, you and I grew up in the era was like every 3,000. Yeah. And yeah. that was even still pushing it. Yeah. So. And the 016, I'd, I'd love to hear some, uh, I'd, I wish there was a cat engineer listening to the show 
so they could tell us if this is true or not. But I've heard the 016, the 020, there's negligible difference between those oils. So Okay, so yeah. the, the newer stuff that's out there might not be that much different? No, no. I mean, the difference between the 016 and the 020, I've heard that when they meter them and when they check them, they can barely discern the differences between those. So yeah. uh, call, call me out on that, please, somebody. Please, somebody knows something about that. So that's the little things we're looking at in the future. Watch out for those articles. That's what we do. We are, we are your news hounds. Right. That's fresh, late-breaking. <laughs> anyway. That's the end of the show. And stay tuned. We've we got some good stuff coming up here as the weather gets colder. You know, maybe some of the car shows and events out there start to move indoors. But we'll definitely keep rolling along here throughout the winter months. And we're we're planning even bigger, better shows. So. Maybe even a better Christmas show. Because we got feedback. People didn't like the Christmas show last year. But I say it was one of our best. Yeah, I, I think we should plan something real special. A little treat. A Christmas gift, if you will. Not to mention the uh, the Ford movie coming out. Oh yeah, that's like November, right? Yeah, uh, for Ford versus for yep. Ford versus Ferrari. Ferrari. Yeah, so maybe we'll uh, maybe that'll be our Christmas episode. We'll talk about that. Sweet. Yeah. All right. So that's been another episode of Throwing Wrenches podcast. We thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, again, you can go to our website throwingwrenches.com. Please share that with everybody you know. Share with your friends. Share with your enemies. Share it with anybody. Uh, who knows anything about cars or wants to know anything about cars or just likes podcasts about cars, we are your guys. That's right. Uh, Until next time, I'm Daryl Scott. I'm Eric Stahl. I'm Lisa Loeb. See ya. As Lisa Loeb once sang, probably about him, Eric Stahl is someone you should know. Man, I like the Lisa Loeb reference there. Yeah, I threw that in for you. Thank you. You're welcome.